Welcome to the Uncoverables. We've got another episode that's pretty jazzy for you this week. I'm speaking to Ingrid Laubrock. It's actually an interview I did over the summer with her, and uh, it's uh, it was in t- anticipation of her Suoni Peril Popolo gig in Montreal this summer, uh, which she played with the Luke X Ensemble. And um, after 2015's Roulette of the Cradle, I uh, was itching to get a hold of her. Um, and uh, luckily it uh, managed to happen. So uh, for this episode, I've uh, sort of compiled things in a sort of documentary style where uh, there's some music and uh, she talks about Mary Halverson and then you hear some Mary Halverson solo. So uh, it's sort of uh, 
using uh, using some of the most uh, sound bite worthy excerpts from that interview that uh, could be applied to her newest record out on Intact called Serpentines, which we'll hear from for in a minute. Uh, but first, we just heard a pretty brand new release from Lisa Mezzacapa, a uh, San Francisco-based bassist. And um, I, I'm not super familiar with this player, but this was just released on January 20th on the Clean Feed record label out of Portugal, which is a, a favorite of mine. And um, it's uh, quite interesting, a bit more straight ahead than most of the stuff I listen to, but um, also has some really interesting electronics and vocal samples. Uh, the band's made of of Aaron Bennett on tenor sax, John Finkbeiner on guitar, William Wenant on vibraphone, Lisa Mezik- Lisa's on bass, um, Tim Perkis is on electronics, and Jordan Glenn is on drums. Uh, it's called Avant Noir. And uh, the first track we heard was Fillmore Street, and uh, now we're going to hear a bit of a longer one called A Bird in the Hand. And then after that, we'll hear a tune from Ingrid and then jump into the uh, interview portion of the show. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Hopefully you're subscribed on iTunes or Stitcher or something, and uh, hopefully you enjoy all the music. And uh, after some Ingrid Laubrock focused stuff. We'll hear, uh, we're going to get one Montreal release that I'd like to preview for a little while for you. So, uh, stay tuned. Um, again, this next one's going to be called a bird in the hand and you're listening to the uncoverables, a podcast associated with CKUT 90.3 FM in Montreal, the best radio station around.
right out, I'm a man who likes talking to a man who likes to talk. Well, will we talk about the blackbird? <laughs> You're the man for me, sir. No beating about the bush, right to the point.
So again, today's guest is going to be Ingrid Laubrock on The Uncoverables, and um, this is an interview that's a bit old. Um, we're not going to be speaking about her newest record so much, but I think a lot of the uh, words she says are applicable to her uh, compositional style in general and just some of her ideas as a musician. Um, underneath me, we're hearing her um, 2015 release, Roulette of the Cradle, which ended up being one of my favorite records of that year. And um, we start off the interview with some words about that record in particular and um, how this anti-house ensemble came together and how Ingrid kind of thinks about it. So uh, listen in to that right now. Anti-house is like probably the longest standing ensemble that, that I would say is my group since I moved to New York. And uh, this is our third record. They're all for, for um, the Swiss Intact label, uh, who's been very supportive of us. So this record was recorded straight after a tour, literally, I think like a maybe a few days after a tour even. So we were really kind of on fire and in form and we knew, we knew the material super well. <clears throat> Everybody was very able to like connect the dots and, and make things their own. Um, yeah, I wrote all the compositions as usual. Some some of it veers a little towards maybe some chamber music, classical side, the classical side of the... Um, uh, I guess, yeah, it features Barry Howison on guitar, Chris Davis on piano, John A. Bear on bass, Tom Rainey on drums, and myself on soprano and tenor saxophone. in general um, I, I aim for big personalities I, I aim for people you know in the traditional sense of the word you, uh, I mean you would say they have something to say or something special to say they have like a, a recognizable sound and um, a depth but they're also incredible improvisers so that is always a very important part of all of my music all of my comp composed music in that realm at least um, there's often a highish percentage of written parts, but the improvisation that connects the dots like, is usually open, rarely over form. Sometimes over form, um, but even then I rarely give like chord, chord symbols or anything because I think uh, chord symbols um, squeeze stuff back into a traditional language quite often. And I want to avoid that in my music. I want, to I want people to figure out what they actually hear over my given, say, if there is a vamp, I, I tend to write a vamp that's long and doesn't repeat too much, but there's maybe several sections and longer sections. So that, and, and I want people to make up, to, to figure out what they can contribute over that, what they can play over that vamp. And, um, so yeah, it often says open when it comes to improvisation. Sometimes I specify um, groups 
uh, instrumentations if I hear a certain thing, but I rarely specify a certain color. That happens almost never. Hmm. It's totally amazing how you can shape the music differently every night and how um, different combinations emerge, different, you know, and the least you fix those things, the more people feel like they can help shaping the music. And since all of these musicians, and this is also something I do in my other groups, um, the musicians I, I tend to invite for the for the project I write for are all very good composers, very interesting composers in their own right. So they have a natural, um, they have an ability to shape the music that it's that it has a compositional feel even when it's interspersed with an improvisation. clear that Ingrid really values improvisation and she values the individual members of this band. It's more than just her own sound. And um, one of the things with free jazz composition is that, you know, obviously you're getting together people who can improvise in open space and really express their voice in a unique way. But then uh, the question is begged, how do you put your own stamp on it? So, um, Here's Ingrid's words on about how she sort of, you know, lets musicians take the reins who aren't her. She's not conducting every moment, but um, this is how she uh, managed to put her stamp on the overall sound of the project in different ways. I know all of their voices super well, so I, mm. I use in my writing sometimes elements of what they might have played or what they would be playing um, and so so that way you kind of blur a little bit the edge between composition and and um, improvisation but I also there is a fair amount of writing that is a little bit tucked under tucked away under people's um, improvisation so I have little bits of writing pop up that are not necessarily in the foreground but they might be just hidden underneath somebody's improvisation so so there's like a, an element of my composition, you know, floating over it or or coming in underneath. It's it's sort of, but yeah. I tend to I tend to say if I write a composition, I, I try and write get a lot out of the material. So if if it comes back in any form or other, it's usually like reversed or stretched out or. Instru- uh, um, orchestrated differently, so it's not necessarily that perceptive that it that it is the, that it is based on the same material, and it sort of allows me to make it sound less um, less fixed, if you know what I mean. Composed, you know, I've composed an orchestral piece, and I'm like, I mean, I'm super in, uh, interested in, in large scale, and more and more interested in 
you know, having huge like swaths of color and and um, it's 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 hard, but it's so much fun to deal with that, you know. Mm. Um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, of course we try and put ourselves in different situations. Um, where we also get basically, yeah, where we get challenged and we have to learn something new and, you know, it's this kind of an eternal sort of study and trying to get to something new or something, yeah, to find find new things, you know, just part of a sort of an improviser's life, I suppose. figures on this album was obviously Mary Halverson on guitar and um, after speaking a bit about her general compositions we spoke specifically about uh, Mary Halverson and her husband Tom Rainey Um, we've also been hearing a bit of uh, their album Buoyancy underneath the uh, Ingrid vocals on this uh, little interview here so um, listening to some of her thoughts on Mary Halverson and how and, and this also reflects sort of how she puts together a melody without, you know, assuming too much about how her various instrumentalists are going to interpret things. a melody from for Mary uh, she has such a breadth of expression on her instrument you know I would never like write in any ghost notes or any I mean any kind of sound just almost never at least sometimes I'll go like okay this I really hear this as a slide guitar or I really hear this with a kind of dark rock sound but then what she does to the melody how she wants embellishes and stuff I, of course at least that's really open to her just like in you know any traditional jazz writing. I mean, I watch her feet when she plays, and she's like so fast and does all these crazy, um, crazy stuff with a volume pedal. I mean, it's, you know, it's, that's her expression. That's her. That's what we do on the saxo. We do that with vibrato and airflow, and you know, she has that kind of. She has that sort of woodwind thing on her, mm. on her guitar in a way. The other figure we spoke a bit about on this record was uh, Tom Rainey, drummer, who uh, is Ingrid's husband, in fact, and he um, 
plays a big role in her composition and um although he's you know sort of the rhythmic background he's also a very melodic drummer so he serves a very important role in uh ingrid's life so uh here's some words about him in particular there's a very deep relationship mm. and um like i love it i totally love it because i mean yeah it's it's i mean he's such a great musician and such an amazing um he, although he doesn't compose um in a traditional way taking pen to paper which he could but he doesn't do um he's just absolutely for me unique at shaping music and and um everything goes with him it's it's really great and you know of course we listen to stuff together we check uh, we rehearse together we um say the music we play with Uwatuba with Alki House I rehearse everything with him first mm. um so you know he's like super great at like he knows the music by the time we go into a rehearsal which makes it uh, which speeds the process up a lot you know incredibly at shaping music but also at orchestrating it mm. he doesn't he, he, he doesn't um, see himself as um, the the rhythm provider if you know what I mean which yeah. is the fun of playing with him And while we were on the topic of Tom Rainey, I thought I would bring up their uh, duo project, uh, Buoyancy, which was coming out uh, soon after this interview was recorded um, on Relative Pitch Records. And uh, sort of my thought process was, uh, because it's a live CD, I was wondering, you know, what what makes a live performance worthy of being on a CD? I think, you know, if, if you're putting something out that's a record, there's sort of an assumption on... Uh, an assumption that you're um people are going to listen to it multiple times so what makes one gig more uh worthy of that than another gig so um the answer is less complicated than i'm making it but uh here's her words on uh, buoyancy you get it recorded well rather than just a few mics in a room sort of while while you're playing live Mm. And, but you have the kind of vibe of having the audience there. You get this, you know, how you know how the audience feeds you as a musician. Yeah. Um, you get that, which to me is is the the amazing thing about playing live. But we knew, I mean, we had in mind even on the even as we started the tour, we had in mind that we would like to make a record at the end of it, mm. and um, so it just lined up perfectly because that that was the penultimate gig um i mean there's a lot of you know there's a lot of life say when we go to europe there's a lot of live recordings uh that the radio does or that we listen to afterwards but we re we don't often put them out because because uh the sound is often not that great and i'm i i kind of i like having a, a decent sound and then after a talk about pretty much every ensemble of Ingrid's, except for the one that was actually coming to Montreal, we finally got around to the real purpose of this interview. Um, we spoke about her work with the Luke X Ensemble, which is a uh, 
European group mostly of, um, you know, Luke X is kind of like a punk rocker. He was in the X uh, back in the day, and uh, he wanted to get into some new things, and um, he worked with uh, Hamid Drake on drums, Ab Bars also on sax, and with Ingrid also, you know, on sax with Ab. And um, I can attest that the concert was super awesome it's very interesting to see somebody with luke x who's uh such a stage presence and sort of a punk rock approach to uh improvisation working with uh me drake who's a really groove driven drummer and then ab and ingrid are pretty much uh virtuosos on the other side of the stage so uh here's some words on how that ensemble formed uh, apparently ingrid was in a weird group of luke's back in the day and then uh one thing led to another. She ended up at a jam session in the Netherlands, and uh, another group was formed. Um, so we worked, as that band, we worked for a while, and, and it, it was a really curious mix of songs and improvisations, and also written pieces um, written by Luke and Vary and, and Hannah, I think. Um, so we would change, we would do something, I would sing a Brecht song, Hannah would sing some Child's Eyes songs, and Man, uh, Mandy would sing Bert Bacharach songs, and then that would intersperse with these like nutty improvisations and some Steve Lacey tunes. It was a very, very bizarre and, and interesting movie. Um, and that developed into a larger group called Soul 12, you know, with an additional six musicians. So I've been I've been actually working with him for a while. Then that dry, then we then it dried up sort of for a few years. And in 2012, he asked me. Um, he said he had actually seen uh, a jazz concert some somewhere, where he felt like, oh yeah, that kind of um, format. You know, write some melodies, then improvise, then have some melodies again. Um, he said, I might be interested in doing something like that, and I would like to do that with Hamid Drake, you, and another saxophone player. And then he suggested Ab Bars, and I was just in the Netherlands at the time uh, when we talked about it, and Ab and his uh, and Ich Henneman, uh, a viola player that he plays with a lot, asked me to come over and have a session with them. So I went over to the house at a session, and we just clicked immediately. I mean, he's had such an amazing musician to play with and just a totally kindred spirit and, and she too so that band I guess was, was uh, born then and I, we have done two tours and several festivals then and it's a total pleasure and you know I'm a, I'm a very very happy side person <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
and that pretty much wraps up the episode this week. Uh, we've been listening mostly to Ingrid Labrock, but we heard some Lisa Mezzacappa at the very beginning. But um, yeah, during the interview, we heard a bit of uh, Ingrid's duo album, Buoyancy, with uh, Tom Rainey. That was underneath a lot of her uh, speaking, but we also also put in some interjections from uh, Roulette of the Cradle, and um, the two uh, tunes you had bookending it was uh, Pothole Analytics just before um, I started speaking, and um, at the very end of Ingrid's uh, words, uh, we heard Pothole Analytics Part 2, and um, we're going to finish off with a, uh, a small-scale music release. Uh, small-scale is a... Um, local record label that uh is run by uh rafael fuzzi couture who's actually going to be on the show next week and um yeah this is uh dome by uh philippe lausier we're going to hear probably about 10 minutes of uh the first tune on there it's called uh, far side and um you can catch that at smallscalemusic.bandcamp.com um Again, thank you to Ingrid Laubrock for being on the sh- being interviewed by me over the summer again. <laughs> uh, reusing a reusing an interview here, but uh, good nonetheless. And um, thank you to CKUT for uh, helping me put this together. And uh, hopefully you subscribed. And uh, hopefully you listen next week. Uh, thank you. That's it. Donovan out. Uh, this is the Uncoverables. Check it.